This is Moments of Hope brought to you by the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica. I am your host, minister and life coach, Marja Elaine Francis, welcoming you to the program. Good morning, listeners. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, an annual campaign to raise awareness about the impact of breast cancer. When we raise our voices together, we help spread the word about the importance of breast cancer screening and support. I recall last year, I was fearful about doing a mammogram. And I shared this fear on Facebook and so many persons reached out offering support and encouragement and other women offering to go with me to the doctor's visit. And this gave me courage. <laughs> support is available for us women. Be open to share your story. Today, I have with me a brave and beautiful survivor who will share her story with us. She is Mylene Dorma, a wife, mother of three, nurse, author, co-pastor of the Bethel Refuge Church of God in Maryland. Today, we will focus on a survivor's journey of overcoming breast cancer as she shares with us. <laughs> Her initial reaction to breast cancer diagnosis, her response to God when he, he asked, whose reports will you believe? Mylene Dormer, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. I'm ecstatic. I'm excited to be here to talk about my journey uh, in the Valley to overcome breast cancer. And so I, I truly appreciate this um, moment that I can share in your program, the moment of hope. I, I am so excited to be here and to share my story with the world. Um, I believe that my story is for his glory. I can hear the excitement beaming out of you. I, I believe, Mylene, that God is intentional in the work he does in our life. Moving from, is it cancer? So you have cancer can be terrifying for anyone. We are familiar with Isaiah 53 verse one, who has believed or report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You have had your encounter with God even in your journey through breast cancer, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what were your initial reactions to the diagnosis? So firstly, I felt numb. I was frozen. I, it took a while for, for it to get to my brain that I do have breast cancer. And so in that moment, it was overwhelming for me to even come to the grips with it. Um, so my first in, initial response was frozen. I, I, I just didn't know what to say. What, how am I going to say in that moment? It was frightening, to say the least. That is the experience of so many other women when we hear breast cancer, yes? But you had a unique encounter in God, with God, despite that diagnosis, when God asked, whose report do you believe? Tell us about that. Okay, so in... 
2016, June to be exact, um, I did have a, a lump in my breast that was noticeable. And so I went to the doctor to see what was going on. Um, in my mind, I thought it was maybe another cyst since I've had history of cysts and different incidences with my left breast, but this was now my right breast. And so as I went to the primary care and she said that you're going to have to go see do the radi see the radiologist and have a mammogram done. No, my experience with mammogram was never pleasant before. And so I told myself I wasn't going to do another mammogram for the rest of my life. <laughs> so we'll go in there and the radiologist said, I have to do a mammogram. I said, I don't care to do a mammogram because I have had history of the crushing and the crying and the pain that it brings. And so that was really a scary thing for me. But anyway, she convinced me that they were gonna be gentle and, and do it gently. So my experience would have been a different one, she assured me. And so that helped me now to be confident enough to go and get it, do it. So I did the mammogram, after which she said that she's gonna have to do a biopsy. And so she, she said that she has an appointment, a meeting in the evening, but she's willing to cancel the meeting to meet with me to do the, the biopsy. So I had to sit in the waiting room for the time to pass for her to, to do the, at the time to do the, the biopsy. And so as I sat there, I sat in the waiting room, was waiting for my husband. I told him he was gonna drive back from out of town cause he works out of town, um, out of the state. He was in another state, I'm in Maryland. And so um, as I sat there, I heard the voice said to me clearly, whose report do you believe? I quickly turned around frightened to see who else was with me in the waiting room. Is somebody else talking in here? And when I look around to my surprise, I was the only person in the waiting room. So just imagine all the emotions. I, I literally realized now that God was actually speaking to me in that moment because there was nobody else there. And then I, I had to quickly say, I believe your report, Lord. Your report is what I believe. And overwhelmingly started crying because the presence of God was so tangible in the room. And so that's where the whole idea of the, the title for the book came up. And I wrote specifically about it in some of the chapters. Whose report do you believe? Support, do you believe, and what I can imagine while you were there, Marlene, just waiting on the doctor, you yourself, a nurse, did it make it any easier, your profession? It actually did not. Because to tell you the truth, in that moment, I even forgot that I was a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was so frightening that I wasn't even thinking about my profession being a nurse. I was just the 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 frailty. So that's just to show you the vulnerability of people. And in the moment when things are happening, you you really don't even remember what you know and what you don't know. But you just know that you have to deal with what is at hand. Unless you dealt with what is at hand, you have the support of your your husband, right? So I, I'd love for you to share how did the diagnosis, you know, of breast cancer influence your life, your family, your ministry, your co-pastor? How did that influence it? So every aspect of my life was influenced. Um, in terms of support, I I had the support, which was 
God's blessing. It was amazing. My husband is there, was there 110%. And so as he drove back out of town, he was on the bed with me when I actually got the call from the radiologist because they told me I would get it between, uh, I think, 48 to 72 hours would I, I would get the result. And within 24 hours, the call came in. So as we were on the bed and that call came, it was the most chilling call of my life. And my husband was there. I was there. He could hear the conversation. Um, when the radiologist introduced herself, told me who she was, and that she was calling to give me the results of my report, my biopsy report. And um, she told me that I have cancer. It came out positive for cancer, invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, and that also my lymph nodes that she took, they were positive. So that means it has moved from just the breast and has gotten to the lymph nodes and was getting ready to basically travel around my body. Um, and while I, while she was there talking, I was frozen. I could not respond. I didn't know what to say. My mouth was closed and I just didn't, I, I couldn't get it through my head. And she talked and she said to me, I remember her saying clearly, I wish I was beside you. I would really give you a hug. And she started talking about all the things that were going to happen next. Like you're gonna have this meeting with all these team of professionals and everything that was going to happen. And I just couldn't understand. It was so overwhelming. And then all of a sudden I just burst out hysterically crying. And I wept and wept and my husband started crying, which was kind of the first time I've ever seen him like cry or vocally like that. So we were both mourning yes. at that moment. Yes. And so, you know, so he was there from the beginning and then he was taking me to the visits. He was just there as the most supportive, loving, caring husband that, I mean, God has really blessed me. Um, our children, uh, they were always offering some form of comfort, you know, mom, I hope you feel better soon. And, you know, they were always there. My sister-in-law was here at the time too. So she was helping and my mom who came over and was helped. So we had that strong support. I was surrounded by a group of loving, caring people and that helps the process. Um, in terms of uh, work, I was still working at the time. I worked right through actually. Um, ministry, um, we weren't doing full-time ministry yet at the time. So we were just, we were actively in another church. Um, so, but still, you know, we, I was still, we were still going to church. We were still doing everything in that, in that moment. So even though it was a diagnosis that people think that you have to be laying in bed every day, all day, um, it wasn't like that for me. I just felt like, look, I told God that I was going to believe his report. So, um, I'm going to rise up and take the necessary steps, meaning I'm going to move and act as if. I'm living because if I declare that I shall live and declare the works of the Lord, then I'm I'm not going to be in a dying mode and declare in life. <laughs> you know, you have to put the faith to work. Faith without works is dead. <laughs> faith to work. And you said you were active during the, the period of having the breast cancer. How long was that for you? The whole event took an entire year to be exact. So a full year for everything to happen. 
And then after the year, that's when I was declared um, that the cancer was no more there. So you say a full year for everything to happen. So I just want you to elaborate a bit because there are some persons who may not understand what that whole process looks like. Yes. And so I'd love for you to share a little more from the diagnosis, what took place during that year to being declared cancer free. Okay. So first I had to get a, what they call a Mediport put in. That's where they were going to give me the cancer treatment. So that's a surgical procedure. And um, I remember when I went to the, the surgeon saw me and he said, um, can I pray with you guys? And I said, sure. And he held our hands and literally prayed. Um, he prayed for God's guidance through the surgery, um, for God's direction. And in that moment, I have never heard that in, in, in the medical field that a surgeon is actually praying with his clients and to know that he knows God's hand that would have to guide him through one two I knew that God was with us in that moment because he aligned people with believe God and and trust and depend upon God. So we had to have that. Then we had to have chemotherapy. And I started chemotherapy July and I ended in November. Um, I was doing it every two weeks until then. Now, what happens with chemotherapy, when you get it, you don't actually feel the initial effects of it, but days later would when you would really go sick. Um, so the process is I get the chemotherapy, nauseated and all that because the medicines that they give you really um is hard on the stomach so you'll get nauseated have you can't swallow a lot you may have sores in your mouth and all these other things you'd have to use warm water salt water and gargle in order to heal the wounds in your mouth your appetite you kind of lose your appetite um so it's only thing your taste buds go so then the only thing that you can eat is what you can really taste. And for me, it was soup and later it was smoothies. So I couldn't eat anything hard in that moment because I didn't, I couldn't taste it. My mouth was sore. So eating was a problem. And this is all because of the chemotherapy. Um, I lost my hair, um, everything. It was the most challenging thing that I've had to deal with because that has to do with your body image disturbance. Yes. Uh, my nails became black. They were sensitive to touch. I couldn't hold pen properly. Um, so it was just your body goes through pretty much everything dies and then later be restored. <laughs> That's how I look at it. And so you have you do the, the chemotherapy. Then after chemotherapy, I actually did surgery to remove what was left of the cancer, which has shrunk significantly. So it wasn't much that was left at the end, but they remo they surgically removed that. They didn't completely take the breast off. So it was just the lump that they took out. And then they end up treating me with radiation for six weeks every day. And the whole process of that, because you have to stop the chemotherapy, wait a while, and then get the surgery, then wait for healing. And then after healing, then we um, we get the, the radiation. Quite a journey there, Marlene. Well, thanks be to God, you know, you, you have been through it. And now on the side of saying, I am a survivor, 
My guest today is Mylene Dormer, a wife, mother of three, nurse, author, co-pastor of Bethel Refuge Church of God. And we have been focusing on her journey to overcoming breast cancer. Marlene, you'd have taken us through the diagnosis, diagnosis, you know, having family support the entire year, what the process looked like as you had to go through even chemotherapy and surgery. Now we know <laughs> there's some things we can only go through by the grace of God. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 reminds us that for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And when I spoke with Marlene, just before the interview, she was like, this is all for the glory of God. <laughs> now, Marlene, you spoke about, you know, just God's hand in the process. But how did your faith in God help? during that time of your illness? So facing the most challenging thing in my life, um, you feel like your back is against the wall and you really have nothing else left. <laughs> it's just your faith. Having a diagnosis with of breast cancer with metastasis, a lot of people don't even live through that. Um, but the fact that I believe God and I told God that I was going to believe his report, then yes. I had no choice but to stand on the word of the almighty God. And so I believe his report. His report says, I am healed through the blood of Jesus Christ in yeah. Isaiah 53. And I stand on that, that I'm healed. So I spoke healed. I, I move healed. I, I declare that I'm healed. I declare that I shall not die. According to Psalms 1, 18 and verse 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So I literally just had to stand on the word of God, believe God, and know that, you know, I, I look at my kids and I said, our kids, and I said, God, they're too young. I, I can't die now. I can't leave them behind. <laughs> just, just let me, I, I have to live in this moment. Yeah. And so I, I just believed. I mean, I believed that I was going to get through it. My husband, we believed that we were going to get through it. And though it's tough at times and things may get really rough, but all we have really is our faith in God. And so we can't lose faith. And I always remember the story of Job and his life and how he lost everything that he possessed. Remember, Job, he was one of the richest men in the East. He had everything oh, yes. to his comfort. He yes. was a man of integrity, you know, and, and just being tested because, you know, God wanted to prove his unwavering love and faith and commitment to him. And so everything was lost. But at the end of the day, though Job held on to God, he was restored double fold, you know. And so one, what was once dead will come alive again oh because of the faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> so my faith played an integral role in my healing process. And I really thank God because God knew that out of this all he's going to get the glory he's going to get the glory <laughs> he's going to get the glory and the truth is sometimes when we're going through we we don't often think about god getting the glory we sometimes ask god why do i have to go through this but if we know that we know that god is for us we can rest assured that he's going to get the glory out of this and he will grant us the grace 
to enable us to go through, to endure. Now, Marlene, having gone through the cancer treatment, which is very costly, we know, yes. What word of encouragement would you give to others, other women who are listening and are faced with a diagnosis right now? You know, what word of encouragement do you have? So what I would like to tell those who are facing challenges and you're thinking that, you know, there's no way out. I just believe that God will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. Um, at the time, I didn't have the finances prior. Um, the job that I got, which I, I applied for that job for years because I that was my dream job. <laughs> I desperately <laughs> wanted to get in that company. And I got in the February. And they have, it's an insurance company also. So they have clinics all over. And so I wanted to work for them, you know. I wanted to work for them uh, for more than one reason. Then yes. finally I got in. I told God, I said, God, if I don't get this job, I'm not going to apply to this company again. So this is the, the last time I'm going to apply. And sure enough, God came through and I got the job that year. Yes. Um, the June I was diagnosed, I was working with them. And so because I was in there at that moment, then I was able to get treatment through them because they have a medical plan um, for, for the employees. And so we go, all the doctors, everybody that I use was through this company. So God provided at the right moment, at the right time. And so when you think that he's not going to come through, he's he's a provider. You oh, know, yes. he kept on a thousand hills, his is, you know, and if we're his children, then if he know if the, the person who is even knows how to give good gifts, what about our heavenly father? You Certainly. know, he, he give us good gifts. So we have to believe the word of God. And so uh, he works right on time. He's never late. Never. He's always on time. He knew then that this was what I was going to need. And so the job came with that. And then that's how I was able to um, get treatment and everything. So he's a provider. The encouragement is God is a provider. Look to him. As we close, Marlene, there are females. You know, we're encouraged to do our annual breast examination. I shared earlier that I was terrified. I was fearful of doing the test because I heard how painful it was. But I was encouraged to go and do it. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> now, what, what advice, you know, from the position of someone who have had breast cancer and also as a nurse, what word of hope do you have for anyone who may be fearful of doing the mammogram i would say to you get your mammogram done the screening is vital important um, it will detect sometimes it doesn't have to advance to stage treatment may be different it may be a little bit easier so the earlier you know it's the better it is um, I believe that sometimes we come from a culture where we say it's best not to know. It's not best not to know because it, it harms us. And so I would say to everybody, women, get your screenings done. Um, it saves lives. It really does save life. And it saves you having to go through the whole process of the whole treatment and all. So if you can detect it early, it can be treated in a simpler form. 
and then things will be so much better. I was very scared of doing it simply because of my experience that I've had before, the crushing, the pain. Yes. Um, and, and that's why I told myself I wasn't going to do it again because it was too painful. But technology changed things. People are more trained. And so when you go now, it's so much easier. It's more gentle, you know? Yes. So I would say, get it done. And then one of the things that I do now from this is um, the Jamaica Cancer Society. I do donate to them every year on uh, in October yes. because I feel like screenings are so important. And if people can get it done, it saves lives and, and children won't lose their parents and all these other things. So the best thing to do I know it can be scary. I know it's hard. It's difficult. But there, there are measures and resources out there that can help you to, to find out early detection is so important. So I would suggest and I would strongly encourage to go and, and do the screenings. Ladies, there you have it. Early detection, save lives. Men, encourage your sisters, your wife, your daughters that, you know, just to get that examination done. It's best to be in the know than to be ignorant. We know the scripture because of a lack of knowledge, my people perish. It's not just lack of knowledge of the word, but different things, information that is useful to us. So go get that screening done. My I will ask you to close in prayer for our listeners. Okay. Father, we just want to thank you for today. We thank you for everyone who is listening to this uh, airwaves. My God, that even though it is our voice, our voice that is going through the airway, but it's actually you that gives us the inspiration to speak. So right now, God, those who are listening and some may be hopeless, some don't know what to do, where to go, where to get the information. I pray, God Almighty, that you'll just provide, make a way. I pray, God Almighty, that you'll just uh, care for your people in this moment. My God, we're living in a world that is so hopeless at times, and things around us may want to put us in that state of hopelessness. But God, our hope is built on nothing less than your blood and righteousness. So God, I pray for peace. I pray for strength. I pray for those even who are going through even uh, the diagnosis of cancer. God, I pray that you'll us heal their bodies, mind and soul, because every aspect of our life is affected. And so now those who need the provision, hallelujah, provide for them in this season. We just want to thank you for the opportunity, God, to, to, to reach out to someone today. And may they just hear the words and just apply the words in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you now, hallelujah, for even this program that bring hope to people. Our God, remember those who are in charge. Marjolaine, remember all the other persons who are involved in this program. I pray that you'll bless them, strengthen them, and keep them now, Father, as we say thanks in your name. Amen. Amen. May I remind you, the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica brings moments of hope to you every Sunday at 7.30 a.m., Thanks to my guest, Mylene Dormer. Thanks to you, our listeners. If you need prayer counseling or further information, call the Missionary Church Association office at 9241378 or WhatsApp 7910527. 
Also, link us on Facebook at Moments of Hope MCAJ with your comments. I am Marja Lane Francis. Regardless of what you encounter in life, there is hope and there is power in prayer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 reminds us that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I invite you to pray by yourself or join with a family member or friend and let us pray being mindful that God answers prayers. Tune in again next week for another moment of hope.